welcome to episode 58 of Game of Wines, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I'm Olivia. I'm Chris. And today we will be discussing Daenerys Chapter 6 in A Game of Thrones. Uh, the news that we have is uh, a news from CBR.com, and it's every family that's confirmed in the House of the Dragon so far. Uh, there's eight of them. Yeah, so they, um, from the casting and the characters that they've announced, we have been able to deduce... Who exactly will be in House of the Dragon? Like the families that will yeah. be in it. So we have House Hightower, uh, House Valerian. So House yeah, Valerian. House Hightower. Um, house Bees. They are. They're like in the Reach, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, house Beesberry. Minor House of the Reach, House Strong, which once ruined once ruled the ruined castle of Harrenhal. Oh, that'll be cool. History there. Um, House Westerling, which was once an important family in the Westerlands. Uh, House Cole, which apparently had only one very important member. That's what they said here. It says Sir Kristen Cole was the son of the steward of Blackhaven. The seat of House Dondarrion, which we know Beric from Game yeah, of Thrones. Yeah, we've heard Kristen Cole in the yeah. book already, I think. And would eventually become the Lord Commander of the Kingsguard under Viserys I. And, of course, House Lannister. Yep. And House Targaryen. Duh. Um, so those are the eight that are confirmed thus far. I'm sure there'll be more. Yeah, but from the characters that they've casted, that's what we know. So, there you go. Okay, so continuing with the Targaryen Thursdays that George R. R. Martin has been posting every Thursday, we are looking at Maegor the First Targaryen, and he says, while he was very likely a sociopath, it's unclear as to the rumors surrounding his cruelty. Did he actually disembowel a cat as a child? Oh my. Or did that just become the more popular tune after his downfall? <laughs> Maybe he's like a Oh man. Our reader-listener answers from Aunt Katie. Uh, first one is, do you think Rob would listen to Bran if he told him what Osha had said? Um, she says, I don't think that Rob would listen to his or to her advice, even if Bran told him. Rob wants to go south to help his father, mother, and sisters. He would not go north, I agree. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you. He cannot change his mind and turn around 12,000 bannermen. So easily and still lead them. Yeah. yeah. Just be like, hey, by the way, we're going the other way now. Right. So, yeah, that they met for a reason. Mm-hmm. The second question is, do you think Osha is telling the truth? She said she may be telling the truth, but I think it is not to it is not to benefit of it is not to the benefit of the Starks. She is still a captive. And I think I recall the Starks battled and killed her people. The, the wildlings? Well, yeah, I mean, if you think, yeah. In a way. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Well, because they, um, when, when Rob came and found Bran in that position where they ambushed him and stuff. Oh, those people, yes. Yes, they killed all. Those people. But then also, Starks have been known to be, uh, part of the Night's Watch as well. Yeah. So that, also. Yeah. And the wall was literally, was built by... And the builder, yeah, who's a Stark, right? So, yeah, in a way, I can see that. Um, she has lived a long time, but I don't think she's going to forget that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, 
the third and final question is, do you think Bran will be a good lord of Winterfell? She says, "We well, let's see. He has no experience. He's eight years old and a paraplegic. Mm-hmm. Prior to that, he was just playing and climbing. Only plus is he didn't have the example of his dad. Yeah, I don't think he will be good at it right now. He will need a trusted advisor, but I do think he is a much better choice than his brother Rickon. Yeah. Long live Lord Bran. (laughs) (laughs) So. Man. All right. Last episode, all of the Stark bannermen arrived at Winterfell. Uh, Bran went to the Godswood to pray. Osha pleaded for Rob and his men to march north rather than south. And Rob and his men left and marched south, leaving Bran in charge of Winterfell. Uh, in this episode today, Danny visits the Western Market. A merchant tries to sell her wine, but finds himself in some deep trouble. Cal Drogo finally agrees to cross the sea and assault the Seven Kingdoms. Assault dun, the Seven dun, Kingdoms. Dun. I will assault them. The Dothraki are coming. Yeah. Uh, so the wine that we have today is St. Julian Head Games. Um, it's a spiced apple sweet red wine. I thought Head Games because it kind of goes with what's going on today. Yummy. So... All right, and then our 25th wine roll, we're continuing with common wine faults. This is the last part of it. So, uh, moosiness is another common wine fault. Moosiness? Yep, it has a distinct flavor that can weaken a wine's true taste. It's caused by compounds generated by a presence of lactobacillus, or lactic acid, and bretonomics. I can't say that word. I don't know either. Uh, It's common in unsulfured wines, especially if bottled too early. It tastes like wet crackers, stale tortilla, or cornflakes. Gross. Aftertaste. Light strike. Um, This occurs when wine is clear in clear bottles, is impacted by sunlight or artificial light. I have actually heard about this one. It's common in rosé or sparkling wines. It tastes like garlic skin, sewage, and cooked cabbage. I've heard of that. It's also like... Why they don't put, uh, like, beer in clear glass as well. Yeah. Because it will ruin it. sunlight can ruin it. Yeah. Um, other faults that he doesn't really go into is volatile acidity, which has vinegar-like flavors. Ethyl acetate, which tastes like nail polish remover. Bottle shock and bacterial spoilage. Yum. Gross. <laughs> All right. Let us start the episode. So, we are back in Vase Dothrak. Drogo has just woken up and announces that the stallion who mounts the world has no need of iron chairs. Meaning, his son has no need for the Iron Throne. Drogo says... <clears throat> uh, oh, sorry. Danny responds and says, It was prophesied that the stallion will ride to the ends of the earth. And in return, Drogo says, The earth ends at the Black Salt Sea. No horse can cross the poison water. Mm. Danny says, in the free cities, there are ships by the thousands, wooden horses with a hundred legs that fly across the sea on wings full of wind. And she's talking about ships, I believe. Yeah. Oars rowing. I think so. Drogo didn't want to hear it. And he said, we will speak no more of wooden horses and iron chairs. This day, I will go to the grass and hunt woman wife. Woman wife. I think it's so funny how they translate Dothraki into the common tongue. (laughs) Woman wife. Danny decided to give up on asking him to sail to the Seven Kingdoms and attack. She knew that he was going to take his blood riders with him to hunt Harakar, which is the great white lion of the plains. 
And if he is successful, he would be very joyful and maybe more willing to hear her out. So he, she's going to wait until he comes back We're and is hunt. successful in his hunting to ask him for what she wants. Um, the Dothraki did not fear any great beasts nor any man, but that, but what they did fear was the great ocean. It was full of superstition and they loathed it. And this was the, um, black salt sea that Drogo was just talking about. Mm -hmm. Danny knew that Drogo was bolder than any other Dothraki in many ways, except for this. If only she could get him on a ship, she thought maybe his mind would change. So after Drogo and his blood riders left for hunting, Danny summoned her handmaids. Uh, Danny was feeling fat and ungainly, like clumsy, now that she had accepted the help of her handmaids, whereas before she was pregnant, she felt comfortable with them fussing and fluttering about her. So they bathed her and clothed her and then had one comb out her hair while the other was sent for Jorah Mormont. Jorah, of course, arrived at once and asked how he could be of service. Good guy, Jorah. Yeah, good guy, Jorah. I'm here. What's up? <laughs> uh, Danny told Jorah that he must speak to Cal Drogo. She explains to him that Drogo doesn't want, doesn't see the need to cross the poison water, because he will have all the lands of the earth to rule. She also tells him that Drogo plans to take the Kalazar east after Rago is born to conquer the lands around the Jade Sea. Question. Yes. If he's going to command all the world, then. Isn't that part of the world? Well, he said the world ends at the Black Salt Sea. Oh, so just his world. Yeah, exactly. Got it. Yep. <laughs> um, Jorah explained to Danny that Drogo has never seen the Seven Kingdoms and that they are absolutely nothing to him. He thinks that there are a, he thinks that the Seven Kingdoms are just a few islands with a few small cities surrounded by stormy seas. Hmm. Um, so because of this, the East seems like a more promising place to go. But in reality, there's a lot more land and a lot more people to conquer and rule across the Black Salt Sea. Poison Sea. Whatever. <laughs> in Drogo's mind. The frustrated Danny. This frustrated Danny because he needs to go west, not east. Uh, she begs Jorah to help him understand. And Danny had never seen the Seven Kingdoms either, but she felt as though she knew them because of all the stories she had been told by Viserys. Also, Viserys had promised her a thousand times that he would take her home to the Seven Kingdoms. But now that he is dead, the promises he made were dead along with him. So I feel like this is making her feel less hopeful that she will ever go to see the Seven Kingdoms. Because the only person that ever promised to take her there is now dead. Mm -hmm. uh, Jorah reminds Danny that the Dothraki do things in their own time and for their own reasons. He tells Danny to not make the same mistakes that her brother did. Wow. She tells her to have patience. She te he tells her to have patience and that they will go home at some point. And um, using the word home made Danny very sad because she wasn't sure what home was really to her. She never really had a home. Uh, she looked around at Vase Dothrak and the Dosh Colleen and wondered if this was going to be her forever home, which is kind of depressing. Yeah. Jorah saw the sadness in her face and said, A great caravan arrived during the night, Khaleesi. 400 horses from Pentos by way of Norvos and Kohor, under command of merchant captain Brian Votiris. Illyrio may have sent a letter. Would you care to visit the Western Market? Danny said yes. She would really like that. Uh, she asked one of her handmaids to go get her cause so that she could go to the market. Um, the cause, remember, are the blood riders that are kind of like Danny's bodyguards. Yeah. Usually, in the Dothraki, mothers stayed on horseback until the moment of birth. 
If Drogo was with her, she would have ridden her silver so she did not look weak in front of him. But since he was gone, she was very happy that she could lay back on soft cushions while being carried to the Western Market. <laughs> I would totally do the same thing. Jorah rode beside them on horseback along with four of her cause and her handmaids. Uh, Danny was admiring the vase Dothrak as she rode to the Western Market. She thought, if I were not the blood of the dragon, this could be my home. She was Khaleesi. She had a strong man and a horse, handmaids, warriors to keep her safe, a place waiting for her in the Dosh Kaleen, and a son in her womb that would one day mount the world. Yet, she did not feel like this was enough for her. She was the last true heir to the throne, and she could not give that up for anything. Mm. And there was a nice little description of the Western Market in the book, so I'm going to read that really quick. The Western Market was a great square of beaten earth surrounded by warrens of mud-baked brick, animal pens, whitewashed drinking halls. Hummocks rose from the ground like the backs of great subterranean beasts breaking the surface, yawning black mouths leading down to the cool and cavernous storerooms below. The interior of the square was a maze of stalls and crookback aisles shaded by awnings of woven grass. Hmm. Yeah. They saw hundreds of merchants and traders unloading their products and setting them up when they arrived. It was pretty quiet because the crowds had not yet arrived. The traders and merchants would make their way from east to west, not so much to trade with the Dothraki, but to trade with each other. The Dothraki would then come and go as they pleased, unharmed, as long as they observed the peace of their sacred city, did not profane the mother of the mountains of the mother of mountains or the womb of the world, and honored the Dosh Kaleen with traditional gifts of salt, silver, and seed. Hmm. Um, Danny had seen the Eastern Market before, and she enjoyed it. But she said the Western Market smelled of home. Yeah, she went to the Eastern Market, now it's time for the Western Market. Yeah, and I think it's the same kind of deal, right? The Eastern I would market. imagine so, it was just on the West Side. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> it's the same market, just on the other side. They just traveled, yeah. Yeah. When Danny got out of her carriage, she noted some of the things she saw in the Western Market. Caravan guards were walking through the aisles in copper helmets and yellow tunics. There was an armorer who was displaying steel breastplates with gold and silver patterns and helmets hammered into the shapes of beasts. There was a young woman selling Lannisport gold work, rings and brooches, torques and medallions. There was a large eunuch guarding the woman's stall. There was a fat cloth trader from Yiti who was haggling with a pentoshi over the price of green dye. So it sounds like the merchants, I think they're, we already said this, but the merchants also just come just to trade with each other, not necessarily to sell their stuff either. Yeah. So. Danny started talking to Jorah as they wandered down the aisles about her childhood and said that she used to love playing in the bazaar. She said it was so alive, all the people talking and laughing, and there was so many wonderful things to look at. But rarely she had any money to buy anything except for sausage and honey fingers. And I think honey fingers was like a cake. Like a sticky a sticky cake or something like that. She asked Jorah if they had honey fingers in the Seven Kingdoms, and he said he was not sure and that he has to leave for a moment so he could speak to the captain captain and see if any letters arrive for them. Uh, Danny offered to help Jorah find the captain, but he said there is no need and that she should enjoy the market, and he will meet up with her later. Um, Danny kind of thought this was odd because there was no reason she couldn't go with him. She thought maybe he wanted to find a woman to sleep with after he met the captain, so he, she kind of just let it go. <laughs> but in reality, it's kind of weird. It's weird. Yeah. 
As he rode off, she and her handmaids continued to walk through the market. She found a stand that sold sausages like the ones she used to get as a child. So Danny and her handmaids all got a sausage and had a great time eating their snack. <laughs> I sausage. thought that was cute. Yeah, they were just like giggling and eating. and Yeah. She noted that they tasted different than what she remembered. The old lady selling them said that she used to make her sausages out of pork, but all of her pigs died in the Dothraki Sea, so they were made with horse meat. Well, that would be why they taste different. Yeah. Danny was having a great time laughing and smiling, and one of her handmaids, Eerie, said that she had not seen Danny smile since her brother died, and it was good to see her so happy. <laughs> oh, I my God. I haven't seen you that happy since your brother died. Right. <laughs> wow. They continued wandering the market for half the morning. She got a beautiful feathered cloak from the Summer Isles and took it for a gift. She gave the merchant a silver medallion from her belt as payment. There was a merchant who taught a parrot to say her name, and she laughed. She got a dozen flasks of scented oil. Um, she also got a fertility charm from a magician's booth and gave it to her handmaid, Dorea. And now she wanted to get something for her other two handmaids, Erie and Jiki. They turned a corner and came across a wine merchant who was offering cups to passers-by. He had sweet reds from Lys and Volantis and the Arbor. Whites from Lys and a Tairoshi pear brandy, a fire wine, pepper wine, and pale green nectars from Myrrh. He also had smokeberry browns and andalish sours. When he saw da- Daenerys, he offered her a cup of sweet red from Dorne and that had notes of plum, cherry, and oak. It sounds really good. She agreed to have a small taste of the man's summer wine. And then the man started talking to Danny. He asked if she was Tyroshi, and she told him that she was, in fact, from Westeros of the Seven Kingdoms. Her handmaid, Daria, stepped up beside her and told the man, You have the honor to address Daenerys of the House Targaryen, Daenerys Stormborn, Khaleesi of the, of the Riding Men, and Princess of the Seven Kingdoms. I think we should start a tally. Oh, of how many Like, titles? what titles we are at right now? So far, that's just... That it's... Was just Okay, so Daenerys of the House Targaryen, Stormborn, Khaleesi of the Riding Men, and Princess of the Seven Kingdoms. Right. So we're at four right now. That's going to go up. Four titles. I'm going to write that down really quick. When the merchant heard that she was a princess, he dropped to one knee and bowed. She told him to rise and that that, that she would still like to try his summer wine. But now he wanted her to try a dry red from the arbor instead of the summer wine, which she... Now called Dornish Swill. Hmm. Interesting. She knew this dry red would be a great gift to Drogo, so she agreed to get a cask. The man rummaged through his trunk and produced a small cask of wine. She thanked the merchant and told him she and Cal Drogo will enjoy it together and then asked it asked for it to be brought back to her carriage. She did not realize but Jorah had rejoined them. He told the merchant no and said it would it should not be brought back to the carriage. Danny asks what's wrong, and Jorah demands that the wine cellar open the cask. The merchant said that the wine is for the Khaleesi, not for you. Then Jorah threatens the man. If you don't open it, I'll crack it open with your head. Sure. The wine cellar hesitated a moment, and then took his hammer and knocked the plug from the cask. Then Jorah commanded that he pour a glass. Four of Danny's bodyguards lined up behind Jorah. Frowning while they watched. So, bodyguards can tell something's off. Yes. Because they're ready to go. The wine cellar said, It would be a crime to drink this rich a wine without letting it breathe. 
Then Danny became suspicious and demanded that the wine cellar does what Jorah says. Yeah, he's so now everybody's like, you're being kind of shady, man. Very shady. So the man poured two tasting cups full of wine. Jorah lifted the cup and sniffed it and frowned. Jorah insisted that the wine cellar take a sip first. The man became fidgety and said, Me? I'm not worthy of this vintage, my lord. And it's a poor, and it's a poor wine merchant who drinks up his own wares. Danny noticed the sweat on his forehead and his nervous laugh as he talked. She said, you will drink. Empty the cup or I will hold you down while Sir Jorah pours yep. the whole cask down your throat. The wine cellar shrugged, <gasps> reached for the cup, but grabbed the flask instead and flung it at Danny. Oh my. Jorah knocked her out of the way and then the cask bounced off his shoulder and smashed open on the ground. As Danny was falling, she screamed, no, and Daria caught her by the arm and wrenched her back to her feet before she hit the floor. The trader jumped over the stall, darting between the bodyguards. One of the cars, Quaro, chased him down the aisle. Danny heard the snap of a whip and saw the leather coil around the wine cellar's leg. The man fell face first into the dirt. Gotcha, bitch. Yep. Nice try. Yep. A dozen caravan guards came running along with the merchant captain, Brian Vortis, himself. He knew what happened without even asking. He said, take this one away to wait the pleasure of the cow. <laughs> Two guards hauled him away, and the captain gifted Danny all the wine cellar's goods as a token of regret. That's, yeah, and he, that guy better be scared because you just messed with Cal's, Cal Drogo's, like, most prized exactly. possession. Danny asked Jorah how he knew that the wine was poisoned. Jorah said he didn't know until the man refused to drink. He also said he feared something like this would happen after reading Mag Magister Illyrio's letter. Then, he said, let's go talk somewhere else. Uh-oh. Danny was in tears as they carried her back. She felt very afraid after that incident. She had consistently lived in fear when Viserys was alive, but she was... She said that this fear was even worse. She wasn't only afraid for herself, but also for the life of, of her baby. Mm -hmm. The baby must have sensed her fear because he started moving inside her belly. She whispered to him, You are the blood of the dragon, little one. You are the blood of the dragon, and the dragon does not fear. That's right. When Danny and Jorah started to talk about some stuff, Danny asked if this was the work of the usurper and Jorah said yes. The usurper being Robert Baratheon. Yeah. He then took out a letter. He then took out a letter and said that Robert Baratheon offers lands and lordships for your death or for your brothers. It was to Viserys from Magister Illyrio, by the way. Yeah. Danny sort of laughed and said, My brother? He does not know yet, does he? The usurper owes Drogo a lordship and me, he said. Only me? Jorah grinned and said, You and the child. Danny said, no, he can't have my son. She decides, she decided she would not weep and would not be afraid. The usurper had woken the dragon, she told herself as she looked at her dragon eggs. Then she asked Jorah to light a fire. <clears throat> he asked if she was sure because it was so hot. She said, yes, she has a chill. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> so he did as she commanded. When the coals were lit, Danny sent Jorah away. She wanted to be alone to do what she must do. Danny picked up the black and scarlet egg and placed it on the hot coals. 
The black scales glowed as they took in the heat. The flames licked against the walls of the egg like small red tongues. She took the other two eggs and placed them beside the black one in the fire. She watched until the coals had turned to ashes. She remembered what Jorah had told her. Your brother Rhaegar was the last dragon. She looked at the eggs sadly. She was expecting something else to happen. The dragons had been alive thousands of years ago, but now they were only pretty rocks and could not possibly make a dragon. So she was hoping... She was hoping they would hatch. Yeah. By the time Caldrogo returned, the fire was completely cold. Koholo was behind him with a cur- with a carcass of a great white lion slung on the back of his horse. Woo-hoo! Oh, they got one. He got it. As Adrogo got off his horse, he told Danny that he would make a cloak for her to- out of its skin. Cool. Then Danny told him what happened at the market. All of the laughter stopped and Caldrogo grew quiet. That's when you know it's scary. Yeah. Joris said that this was the first poisoner, but it will definitely not be the last. Drogo was silent for a while, and then he said, The seller of poisons ran from the moon of my life, but he should run after her. So he will. Jogo, Jora the Andal, to each of you I say, choose any horse you wish from my herds, and it's yours. Any horse, save my red and silver, Save my red and silver, that was my bride gift to the moon of my life. I make this gift to you for what you did, and to Rago, son of Drogo, the stallion who will mount the world. To him I also pledge a gift. To him I will give him I will give him this iron chair his mother father her his mother's father sat in. I will give him seven kingdoms. I, Drogo, Cal, will do this thing. He's going across the he poison mad. black Ocean. Yes. Sea. Sea. Yeah. <laughs> he raised his fir- he raised his fist and announced that he would he would be taking his Kalasar west to where the world ends and cross the great sea. He would be the first Cal to ever do this. He pledged to assault King's Landing. His Kalasar left Vaistothrak two days later, striking striking south and west across the plains. Cal Drogo led him led them on his great red stallion, with Daenerys at his side on her silver. They dragged the wine cellar behind them, naked and chained at the throat and wrist. His chains were attached to Danny's horse as she rode. Ooh. <laughs> he would have to run after her. No harm would come to him so long as he kept up. <laughs> I don't think he lasted that's that what he long. Meant. That's what he meant by she'd have to, he'd have to follow her. So our discussion questions this week are, how do you think the Dothraki will do crossing the large sea? I think it's going to be a major culture shock. Not just that, but also, like, they've never been on anything like a boat before or a ship. Yeah, I think some of them are going to get seasick. Yeah. And I'm going to guess that some may die in the journey. Yeah, because they're so not used to, like, Mm -hmm. all those conditions and... Yeah. Yeah. Second question is, do you think another incident will happen like this with with the wine merchant? I think so, but I don't think that it's, like, they're going to get away with it. No, I don't think they're going to get away with it. I think they're going to be much more vigilant now. I think they'll be, yeah, I think they'll be more vigilant. I think it will happen, something like that, because we know that Robert had many, he, like, sent the word for, like, many assassins, so. Yeah. You know, I would be kind of pissed if I were Cal Drogo at Jorah, because Jorah kind of left her there. And put her in that position. But then he saved her. I know he did, but like still, I don't think he should have left her. She had her, she had other guys with her. 
But she had her handmaids. Yeah. Well, she had the other, her guards. Too. Oh, did she? Yeah. Oh. Uh, the last one is thoughts on what Danny did with the eggs. So Putting them in the fire, yeah. My thought is that, yeah, she's hoping... She's hoping to kind of prove to herself, I think, that she is a dragon. I was going to say the same thing. She was hoping that they would, like, hatch and everything so that it would prove to her that she is, in fact, a Targaryen. She is yeah. a dragon. What she She feels. is meant to rule the Seven Kingdoms. I think it's it would validate a lot of things for her mm-hmm. if, if what happened, if, like, the eggs cracking actually happened, which is what she wanted it yeah. to happen. I think that there's another thing besides the eggs that was very important here. Mm-hmm. Which is Danny saying that Robert awakened the dragon. She's saying that now. Yeah. From, oh, saying that like, her son is the dragon? No, she said that... Well, yes, but she said that he awoken the dragon now. Like, she's mad. Hmm. Like, she's saying but that see, line that, that her brother said. I was said. just about to say that could go one of two ways because when Viserys said it, he was mad. But he wasn't a dragon. He was, like, crazy. Right. And, like... Their dad was the Mad King. Mm-hmm. It's kind of yeah, but being I see her down. saying that now as kind of a cool like. You piss me off. Yeah. But taking her brother's line and saying it is is a is a change. It is yeah. So yeah. So those are our discussion questions. So tell us what you think. Um, our Tyrion tidbit for this week is a little honest loathing can be refreshing. Like a tart wine after too much sweet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, make sure you follow us on all of our social media. You can find us on Facebook at Game of Wines, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast, or Game of Wines podcast group. We're also on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Game of Wines 1, and on YouTube at Game of Wines podcast. That is it for this week's episode of Game of Wines. Next episode will be a Maester's Whispers, so keep an eye out for that. Bye. Bye.